Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knife Works, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. Oh, my allergies are killing me. It's just like uh, we don't, when we don't get rain in Florida, we live in a monsoon climate down yeah. there. So it doesn't rain for like six months. Oh, geez. And you get Dude, the it's palm a, dust. So it's like anyway. an early spring. So it's probably like early allergies or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's just adding to my old man voice. I can't stop. Yeah. This train has left the station. You're listening to the Work For It podcast where we talk about business in the workshop. If you're a maker, you make something, even if you don't, even if you own a large corporation say 10,000 employees. You might learn something here. Listening to us fools talk about the business of making something and then selling it. How does that work? How do you make more money? How do you do a success, successful side hustle? All of us have great insight into all of this and we'll bring the entertainment along with it. You don't have to sit here and go, when are they going to get to the good stuff? It's all good stuff as far as I'm concerned. I'm here in the studio with Brian Cohn of B Cone Knives and pickle cutters, my man Nick Tobin, up in America's Hat, Canada. That's Canada, right. <laughs> fellas, how are you? I'm good. Pickle, pickle, you just had one hell of an experience last night. What's going on with that, uh, dude? I had a crazy day yesterday. We uh, took off for Quebec at around one o'clock yesterday afternoon. We went to go see Lamb of God and Pantera. And then when that ended at midnight, we turned around and came back home and got home. It was like four thirty ish this morning. So is uh, that cool. Canadian time or yeah, that's Canadian American time. time. I, I okay. could convert it. You know, it's twelve o'clock and three gotcha. o'clock instead of one. It's an hour behind. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, we got back from there. It was like really early this morning, so I caught mm-hmm. a few hours of sleep and then uh, set my alarm clock so I could be here this morning with you guys. But, I even uh, gave Pickle the out. Yeah, because Sharky wants to come on the show. And I said, well, if somebody has a day off, they don't want to, you know, we don't want to do adding a fourth person. Just it's too much. Yeah. And so um, I said, hey, I've got somebody waiting in the wings that wants to join up with the podcast. If you want the day (laughs) off, I'll replace you. Pickle. So committed to this process. He was like, you know what? No, I'm doing it. I'm going to sleep two hours. Then I'm going to get up and I'm going to do the best show I've ever done. And you know what? You could tell Sharky to friggin' bite my tail fin. <laughs> <laughs> I he really wants Sharky. to come on too. He's like, he's ready. He wants to come. So he's like, oh man, all right, yeah, I'm ready. So anyway, sorry, Sharky. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, how you been doing, buddy? It's been it's been a really good week over on my end. Um, I can I hear talk- it in your voice. I hear it in your voice. <laughs> oh, that's good. good. Um, I taught my first class, which was really fun. Um, I had one of my buddies be a guinea pig and getting like a and like it's a one day class. It took us about seven hours total um, end to end. But he ended with a blacksmith knife with a kydex sheath. So, I mean, I feel like that's, you know, to end a day one day with a sharp knife and a kydex sheath, I feel is pretty, pretty decent. So I'm pretty happy with that. I would um, be too. The other big thing that's going on, and I just started it this morning, 
Um, I did. I finished up a patriotic themed knife. It's a K-tip chef knife, ABL, um, mm. and red, white, I and blue handle. That. Man, I love that. I love that you did the uh, laser engraving on the on the spine of the tang. Yeah, it looks really you. cool. But uh, yeah, so I'm raffling that thing off. So go go over to the website. Go check out all of the information. I'm not going to bore you guys with too much of it. But the big thing is, um, so 25% of all that is raised is going to um, a, two, di- two different veterans and first responders charities. Uh, one is Warrior's Way and the other one is Black Horse Forge. They both help veterans and um first responders who suffer with PTSD by getting them into a workshop, forging, build some community. And they also help with uh, mental health type stuff. So those are two really good, you know, places you should definitely check out. And then the, the other thing is that I am capping my earnings at $500. So anything once, once I gain $500, that's it for me. Everything else past that is going split evenly between those two charities. So I feel like, you know, I've already this morning, it's been up for an hour and we've got $320 or 320. Yeah. Dollars already sold. So they're $10 a spot, unlimited spots. It's going to go for maybe a week or two and uh, do some good with this whole situation. So I'm going to get away from the raffle talk. I know you guys hate that, but go check it out. If you want to see more, go check it out and uh, see it at the website. That's it. Fantastic work. Ten dollars yeah, a spot man. too is a good deal. That's yeah. a really good deal. And that's a great knife. Uh, so thank you. I appreciate you that. Deal. Far with ten dollars these days. Well, you can possibly win a knife with it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, so Brian, you had some fun trying to smash <laughs> up some uh scissor lifts or what what the hell's going on with that anvil stand? You know, man, it's uh we're close. I really feel like we're close. If you're not following along with that project, we're trying to build a mobile anvil stand. And there's a lot of like little detailed variables in this because people are like, well, why don't you just use a bottle jack or an air over hydraulic jack? Or, you know, there's reasons behind the engineering of why we wanted it to sit really low. And then we wanted the, the jacking system to be really low. And that's to keep the low center of gravity because this is a thousand pound device that's rolling around. So you don't want to, for instance, I could use a bottle jack, but a bottle jack is about, you know, 10 inches, eight inches tall. I would have to create a cavity in which it sat. And then, and then of course, if it failed or something needed to be serviced on that bottle jack, good luck getting to it. You need a forklift. Hmm. The whole concept of this is that we want to bring to market a, uh, something that can move heavy things that is an integral part of the system in which it sits, if mm. that makes sense. So that's should my design, goal. Should design a mini <clears throat> uh, pallet jack. It's kind of <laughs> like that, yeah. But we, but because this in particular is an anvil stand, you can't have anything protruding yeah. out from the bottom. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. need it to be you know, completely clean. You would and I used to- a scissor jack to make the lift happen. And because... The scissor jack is designed to lift a, a stable load and not a uh, when you get all four corners of that anvil stand up, even though they're only a half inch above the ground, it was enough to twist the steel of that scissor jack and just make it fail. So, which you'd almost have to come up with a uh, like a built uh, like 
axis system that would just, you know, press on a pedal and it's heavy metal on the inside. And when you press it, you got hinges and it brings your, your stand up just a bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like two we, pins with some levers and whatever. And we had that exact concept basically drawn out yesterday when we, when this failed and we were sitting there looking at it, Brent's like, yeah, if you did the wheels on pins that like hinged down and then you would just slide something in between and then they would stay down. Mm. Um, we ultimately abandoned that because we wanted it to be easy to build. You know, that's yeah. the other part is like trying to make this thing. Easy. So we have all these challenges that we were trying to achieve uh, with this. So <clears throat> I'm very close. I think the today the, uh, the motorcycle jack will show up and I think that's going to solve the problem. And if it does, then great. Then I move forward. If not, then I don't know. I'm going to have to redesign the whole cart. But the best part about this was when it failed, you know, the whole thing was together and it was filled with 300 pounds of sand, <laughs> which I had to remove by hand. Thump. And when, so I had been working on this all day long. And then the time, the time of day in which it failed was about five o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> So then everybody cleared out, you know, everybody punched out for the day or whatever. And I'm staring at this thing and it's just it's a thousand pounds. The anvil is still set on top of it. The scissor jack is inside of it. It's crushed. And I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm going to be able to sleep if I leave it like this. There's <laughs> right. no way. So I, of course, grab the forklift. I get the anvil off of it. And then I start the work that is removing 300 pounds of sand using a scoop oh. and um and i did it by hand and i refilled all the bags and it took it didn't take that long it was uh, it was maybe like an hour and um <laughs> how many scoops the, to get to the center of an animal exactly <laughs> that's what i was thinking i'm like oh man i should have gone on an instagram live and just bored everybody right. with it <laughs> Uh, my question for you is, uh, had you put oil in that sand yet? No, no. Oh, no, I, thank God. I, yeah, thank God. I, I hadn't done that because I just kind of wanted to see, does yeah, it work? Yeah. You know, Testing the fields before anything. Here's, you know, so. here, here's, the, here's the kicker, though. It worked like twice. So, like, we got <laughs> it up and down twice before it failed the third time. So I'm Maybe like, this is a dumb close. question, but why do you put oil in the sand? To compact it and uh, mobilize yeah. it, and so it doesn't uh, want to move around. Say when you're like hammering on the anvil. I feel like it's, under a small amount, it's worth it. But I mean, we're talking a thousand pounds here. I don't think that shit's gonna well, move. You'd no, be surprised. The, so the really, will vibrate. It yeah, vibrates, will vibrate. and it, in, and so we were hitting the outside of the anvil stand. We, so I put in 250 pounds of sand, and it fit like 200. I'd say it's like more like 280 pounds of sand in there and it was filled to the top and then we just walked around it and tapped it with hammers and it dropped it like four inches Whoa. so it just it, it took another like half of a bag of sand so yeah and then you can imagine like over time and we also noticed well i noticed because i was the only one doing it when i dug the sand out of the top it was more compacted but the sand down at the bottom was not. It was like very yeah. fluffy and light. So I figured, you know what? There's a lot more room. Yeah, it probably exactly. would take another 30 pounds of sand if I, you know. So Jeff Dodderman from Warrior's Way, who is uh, one of your uh, raffle uh, hey, uh, yeah. people, um, yep. he mentioned that I should put a, a like a plug in the top. I could, you know, cut a plug in the top so that as the sand 
starts to uh, drop and compact over time, I can just put a funnel in that plug and fill it with more sand. That's a good idea, and we're going to do it. So, um, but yeah, it does compact, believe it or not. And I, you know, the oil kind of fills in the gaps between the sand, I think is too, like exactly what Pickle said. It just kind of melds it all together. Here's here's my next worry. And of course, maybe I'm overthinking things, but if this is something that you have an active thing at the bottom that could possibly fail the, the jack or however you end up deciding to lift the thing up and put it back down. There are going to be times when you're going to want to remove all of that weight to get to that and replace it possibly. Yeah. Because obviously there, there's nothing on this earth that's going to last forever that has moving parts like that. So you're right. Is it the casters worth- included. For yeah. Sure. So is God exactly? There's a caster that might fail, and all of a sudden you have to remove the anvil and all of that sand, and then flip it up and replace it. And is it worth not oiling that sand so that you could possibly remove? Because once you put oil in that thing, that is going to be way more of a mess than just sand. Hundred percent agree. So the and you can't get the sand out once. So I mean, you could. So once that cap goes on there the top cap and then the anvil set on it, that cap gets welded into place. Ooh. So it, it's, it's a one big thing, but so the, the, the cart that's underneath it, you can walk up to it with like, say a motorcycle jack or something and lift it enough. And you can slide that cart up. It's so low profile. You can get it out from underneath. Mm. That's the reason why we didn't want to do a bottle jack or something that would sit up inside of it. Because you'd never get it out unless you lifted the whole thing up, you know, like more than a foot. That so makes way more sense. That's the reason, Brian. Your your question right there is the reason why we just didn't go the easy route and, and did it that way. <laughs> I'm glad because, to be the yeah. useful idiot here. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're, we, we had to sit there and think about that and go 10 years down the road when one of these casters fail because it's inevitable. How do you fix that? You know, how do you get so, that caster repaired? The cart underneath is not welded to place. That is, it's you can not. you can lift the whole thing and roll the cart out. Interesting. You got it. Yes. Interesting. You got it. And then, so if you can imagine that that scissor jack that gets up underneath there, motorcycle jack, it creates a gap between a hole in the side of the anvil and the top of the cart. Then you take pins, those big three quarter bolts, you slide them in. And then you take the tension off of the jack. And what that does is it sets down the anvil and the anvil stand on top of the cart. So the cart is not engaged all the time. There's no pressure on those wheels all the time. It's just when you're moving it. And if you look at that reel that I posted yesterday, you can see me clearly moving that thousand pound anvil by myself, rolling it all over my shop. And it was very simple. Yeah, before it fell and fucking crushed itself. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it, it. This design challenge is something I don't think anyone has ever really approached like this. Um, and uh, the reason why I think it's important is because, from an educational standpoint, say you're you're running a class, and you know, uh, for instance, Brian, your your shop, your yeah. anvil might be and be in one part of your shop where it works for you. Right. Yeah. You're using it. It's there uh, for when you're personally doing your work by yourself. Then right. you invite three other people to come in and take a class. You're going to want to move that anvil maybe outside. Maybe you're going to want to move it closer to the door, closer to the forge, 
center of the room, whatever it is. And I don't know about you, but I don't like move dragging my anvil stand, hmm. finding a cart, trying to get, I even have that, uh, I have that Peter Wright that's 160 pounds and the all together, it's probably 200 pounds. It's, it's not that heavy, but you can move it. It's yeah. a huge pain in the fucking ass to move that thing five feet. And this is going to solve that problem for a lot of people. And uh, my, my my ultimate goal, this is my vision for this project, is uh, I bought that anvil from Greg Hang- Hagen of Holland Anvil. And the first question I asked him was, what do you suggest for an anvil stand? His response was, we don't make anvil stands. I don't even know what to tell you <laughs> like he's <laughs> like i have i have no recommendations nobody makes a stand for this thing so guess what i'm gonna do <laughs> i'm gonna go make to Greg and i'm gonna say hey we will we'll make kits and we will make uh if somebody wants us to we'll build the whole thing and put it on a pallet and send it wow. to him. and because greg is a this is an american-made product in michigan He's Michigan. a single owner, right? He's a he's a guy that owns a business. This is my this is my vision for this. Is that every single person that buys one of his anvils, he's going to go, "Hey, talk to Brian House. He made this great anvil stand for this thing." Right? And we're going to make it for all the different sizes of anvils that he makes. And then that's going to break the ice with me and Greg, and hopefully we can do something more in the future. That's how business should work. That's how capitalism works. I saw a gap in the market. Am I going to sell a thousand of these a year? Probably not. I mean, maybe I sell 10. I don't, I don't know. But at, at any rate, there's a whole, there's a problem that needs to be solved. And that's why I'm spending so much time doing this because once I solve it, then I can go to every Anvil manufacturer and say, Hey, we make these great kits or we make plans. Even I could just release the plans. You know, the original design came from Austin over at, um, high caliber craftsman the profile that you're seeing the side profiles those are all his that's his concept it's kind of a common one i've now seen it at a a couple places but he drew it up and then sent it to me for free and then i added the cart and so on so this is a really great collaboration amongst a bunch of creative minds there you go together and we're gonna make money with it that's the other part i want to make money with this it is it is something that uh, I think is a is a needed thing in this community where if I could sell this to somebody and solve a problem, even if I sell them empty and they fill them with their own sand or whatever. Yeah, know, it's a win. It's not ship a fucking playground full of sand to somebody, right? <laughs> well, when it goes on a pallet, it doesn't really matter. But Wait you're right. It, it, they do. They do charge you by weight. So yeah. here's yeah. the other side. Could I go to a playground and steal the sand from there? <laughs> sure, why not? Go to go and get in the sandbox. Get yourself, get yourself some sand. It, One I, thing, we honestly, have the sand is the cheapest part. It's like six dollars a bag. I mean, you can get it anywhere. Home Depot here, or whatever. There's a lot of excavation companies and shit, and they have like sand pits and gravel pits and stuff like that. Yeah, and, you know, everybody sure. knows everybody here, so like, I could literally back up the friggin' pit and just shovel in a full truckload full of sand and probably not have to pay anything for it now i'm not sure but i'm pretty sure that lawrence lake over at maritime knife supply.com does not sell playground sand now, correct what me if i'm doing, wrong lawrence? he might sell it come on lawrence might sell it, but if he but it, just in case you might want to go to his website and check it out just see if he does but if you're building a knife and you need any supplies make sure you go to maritime knife supply.com talk to my man lawrence lake Get yourself some blade steel, 
Get yourself some handle material. Get yourself a machine, some abrasives, whatever you can dream up. He's got it. And I'll tell you what, when you're done with that knife and you want to put on some of that uh, that shine that you see everybody doing, you got to go to Pelican Paste. And in fact, I had Travis record a nice little spot so that we could play it back right here on Word For It. Here's Travis describing Pelican Paste. Cold, flu, strips, even COVID, every disease cured with ease by this blessed formula based on ancient scripture. You just drink this tasty coconut silkiness every morning, and that's it. Done. $100 for one month jug. Additional jugs, only $65 a pop. And I make nothing. Zero. Zilch. By the time I pay all my scientists, all my people in my, in my research department, lab coats, it's a wash. Well, why you do it then, baby Billy? Well, because I'm selfless. And I want to heal as many people as the dear Lord lets me. <laughs> that was Travis talking about Pelican Pace. Make sure you go to pelicanpace.com. Use WFI10 at checkout. Get yourself 10% off. Uh, my man over Gnome Hammer Forge, Ryan, he is on the subscription program now because he loves the stuff so much. I'm pretty sure Ryan uses it in his beard and in his hair, and it cures everything that ails him, and it can cure everything that ails you, too, if you head over to pelicanpaste.com and tell them that the boys at Work For It sent you. Also, one last plug for the Baker Forge boys, the wizards, the warlocks in the workshop making the best steel with hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of tooling. They're doing it for you so you don't have to buy all that stuff and make it yourself. When you look at any of their social media, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram, you'll find out very quickly that these boys know what they're doing. Make sure you go over to BakerForge.com and use WFI10 at checkout and get yourself 10% off. They even carry some of that fancy, uh, what's that, Apex Ultra Steels. Mm. They've got all kinds of stuff. And then when you're ready to etch that blade, make sure you dunk it in. Gator piss. That's right. Gator piss. It's a blend of the best piss on the planet. I, I don't know what it is. I have no idea. <laughs> Legend has it that uh, they they uh, they travel to all corners of the earth. I've even heard that Jason Momoa comes to their shop and pisses in a barrel. This is this is hearsay. But that's the secret ingredient. Corey hearsay asked me mean, not to say anything about it, but hearsay is that means it. that we're saying Quiet. it here, right? It's 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 scripture. If I, if we say it, it's it's true. Yeah, from the mouth of baby Billy straight to your ears. I downloaded a bunch of uh, baby Billy. Go outside, uh, nerd. Get out. Go. I ain't got time to be distracted by your worthless chimes. Go on. <laughs> Go on. Go on. Yeah. If you're not familiar with who that is, that is, um, uh, I can't remember the name of the guy's uh, uh, Goggins, uh, uh, Walter Goggins. Dave, oh, I was going to say David Goggins. Name. Not David Goggins. Walter, Walter, <laughs> Walton Goggins from, very, the, Goggins? My, from the Righteous Gemstones. And it's a great show on, on uh, HBO. You should have an open mind because it's the guy that did um, the guy that does uh, Eastbound and Down, uh, Danny, uh, what's his, McBride, Danny McBride. Mm-hmm. And he wrote this great show. And Gemstones is one of my favorites. So 
Uh, it's uh, I heard that soundbite. I was like, you know what? That sounds like Travis pitching Pelican paste. Now McBride, those those two different McBride. Goggins, those two different McBride. Goggins definitely have different energies going on. That's for damn sure. Definitely <laughs> come from different families. Yes, of course, and energies. Slight <laughs> skin color difference between those guys. But anyway, so we appreciate our sponsors. Thank you so much. And if you're a patron, you keep the show commercial free. That's right. You don't hear any of those fancy. Uh, weird commercials that come up on other podcasts and because of the patrons and we have over 200 of your contemporaries are contributing just $10 and 80 cents a year to our cause, which is bringing value to the maker community. We've used this money to formulate theories like the 50, 50 rule 50% Mm. of the job is to make it. The other 50% is to sell it. Remember that. Hey, guys, I hate to do this, but my dad just called me and I want yep, to go return ahead. his call real quick. Of course. Uh, yeah, quick go for update. It. Yeah, go for I it, know dude. we've been talking about him having strokes and whatnot. He's doing way freaking better. So okay. I'm going to go yeah, call get him on back real call. quick and no then problem. I'll be right back. Sorry, just mute guys. your microphone, Brian. Yeah. All right. It. OK. All right. So uh, anyway, Pickle, um, I've been uh, wondering what in it exactly are you thinking as far as i know we talked a little bit about this on the phone blade show this year are you in are you out what are you going to do this year you think i i want to be in like i, I want to be, be in. in yeah i want to be in and it's probably just going to be blade show in and out that i was thinking about it because time is money and everything else you know we only get to play so much in a year right so i think I i'm going to take things a little bit more serious this summer because I really want to be able to say next winter, if we do have a good winter, I won't feel as guilty if I take time away. And uh, and I haven't put much effort into the shop this winter like I normally would. You know, well, normally would. I normally wouldn't, but it was less than I normally would, actually. Because, you know, the whole whatever, whack of snow thing, that's just me. But, uh, yeah, I definitely want to go because I need to get out of here and I want to be there and I want to actually put it in my priorities for this summer. Because there's just a bunch of good people that I want to see there. You know, I want yeah. to hang out with my friends. Well, right on. We are definitely going to this year, and uh, it should, should be a good time. So I'm looking forward to being there at Blade. We are going to do <clears throat> the uh, the barbecue dinner uh, in the pit again this year. Nice. And it will be like an RSVP thing because we'll need to know how many people we're going to feed. Yeah, yeah, right. uh, I'll keep everybody up to date on that. Last year, I think we what? How many people did we have last year? Like forty or fifty? Oh, we people? had a good twenty to oh, thirty people for sure. Oh, 20, twenty, thirty. For sure. Oh yeah, do twenty for sure because we had both sides of that table full, and there was at least easy twelve people per side of that table. And we had food we had, left over too. I think after that, a little so, bit. Yeah, yeah, a little yeah, bit. There's left. a little bit of everything left over. Yeah, and we even had some people come up to so like come grab yourself a plate, and that was fucking great. Like that was one of my favorite parts of blade like everything's winding down almost like the weekend you know like the because we do it on saturday (laughs) and sunday we're not there technically so yeah sunday everybody jets out uh we will we will be flying into atlanta this year we're not driving it is uh (laughs) i have so you'd be uh, the drive you'd be flying in on thursday i assume thursday yes yep thursday we're flying in leaving sunday afternoon See, that's what i would attempt to do as well to fly in thursday fly out wednesday uh, sunday yeah and i talked to matt actually and he's like sure if you want to come down we got room for you you know then i thought about it i was like fuck i kind of want to skip that ride too 
Hmm. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely flying. So if you know we're we're gonna bounce around a little bit, but yeah, we've got some Euro boys coming down to Florida afterwards. So speaking of Europeans and Australians, it's gonna be the foreign tour tour <laughs> of uh, a few guys coming down to hang out in a workshop. Toby Mural from the uh, Fire and Steel podcast, Matt Bicker from DIY Europe, and Bjorn from Nordic Edge. Yeah, will be joining me in the shop afterwards and that is uh that's that's our our crew for it's we're not doing the foundry this year i, I need to talk to coy about it but we're not going to do the foundry like oh. the official foundry we were going to go to north carolina and i'd start thinking about it and how stressed out i get around blade he's going to be busy he's got things going on there too so we're gonna we're gonna do some sort of hammering okay we're lightly formulating this now imagine 2025 sometime in february or late january i want to do a hammer in with a well-known knife maker somebody that can Mm. bring people in oh can i nominate one you can sure now this this guy i mean it's going to be a get because he is up in canada it's going to be kind of more difficult kind of you know more of a recluse type person i think pickle cutters would be a really great <laughs> person i would to I think so. advertise I think it so. up i i agree i pickle would be a good option uh we <laughs> I, I would, I, I do, i've been asked a few times actually from from like other groups of people with events going on and they're planning ahead like a couple years and like would you be interested if we flew you out to come here for this event and blah 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 and i was like yeah that's kind of far yeah i'm interested just let me know when you guys get your shit sorted out you know so yeah that's uh i I think i've kind of gotten myself to that point where somebody wants to get something out of me or whatever or however you want to say it i think uh i think we'll probably you know, really formulate something closer to the end of the year where I think that we would have more time to get everybody together and they could plan to come down. And I like January, February because it's the middle of winter and you guys would come to Florida. Mm. So it would be kind of like an all inclusive deal. (laughs) We would rent a house for everybody to stay in and then you would come and hang out for like two, three days, maybe four days and make something you know we could do a fabrication type deal too. show guys how to weld get you know that whole thing and make something creative using house-made tools Mm. so that that's definitely coming it will not be a free event you you (laughs) it'll be something you will have to buy into but i think there'll be enough people that would want to buy into this i think that's one of the best ways to go is it not just be a free event like you have to You have to make something out of it to supply what you're doing for us. I'm not saying to make bank in your pockets, but you fed us last year. You know what I'm saying? Like a whole bunch of us. And that adds up, you know, whether you're happy to do it. It was just this year, the budget's just a lot different. So we're, we're going to do, you know, we're going to make it a little bit more feasible for everybody. And, uh, but yeah, so we're working together. Uh, we will be working together with, uh, a few different sponsors for that too. So maybe we can reduce the cost. So it'll Mm -hmm. be, you know, th- those kinds of things. But uh, if you're interested in that, <clears throat> I will create or I'll have Sarah create some sort of uh, sign up waiting list type deal for that so that you would come down. And we we obviously would only have I don't know how many spots, but like maybe 10 people, you know, come down and do that. But uh, it, it would be more of an organized thing. 
but it would be more loose too, like where we could really focus on a particular subject. Um, we even thought about Steve Schwarzer, like coming down and mm, doing a class nice. with Steve, get him uh, sharing some of his knowledge, you know, it's and he's not too far 3D away. printed Damascus there is. Uh, there yeah. It is. Yeah, that'd be cool. So, yeah, it'd be fun. So anyway, that's what we got going on for Blade Show and uh, all of that. So if you we'll we'll do a like a sign up thing on the website, too, for the RSVP for the barbecue dinner in the pit as well. And right, uh, so we'll make that happen. Maker Camp this upcoming year is going to be like literally I think it's two weeks before my wedding. So mm. we're going to have to really have some fun with that because. I feel like that's that's going to be like my last not like last hurrah, of course, but, you know, we'll we'll uh, we'll have to do something special there. I think what we ought to do is we ought to hand forge a ball and chain (laughs) and then we'll weld it to your foot, your ankle, Mm. and then that'll be kind of like the ceremony, you know, leading up to your marriage. It's kind of like a uh, what do you call that? An, An analogy. Sure. For what you're about to See, do. You're talking on a post about, you know, if there wasn't a way to forge a cannonball. I was I was wondering if you're going in that direction somewhere, somehow. That could be it. That could be it. That's right. Yeah. I'm not actually making a cannon. People think I'm making a cannon. I, I, know, I am right? not, not making a cannon. I saw some of the comments. People are like, I have a cannon. Well, that Florida. was I was very surprised with how many people that actually follow my work own a cannon. That know, is right? insane. <laughs> America. Yeah. I'm like, wait, what? Like, what? Like, in photos of it. Like, they're sending photos. Like, check this out. This is my cannon. What do you need a cannon for? I'm curious. So it's We're housemaid followers. Of course we have cannons. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Floridian pirate, Brian House. He's he's trying to arm arm the thing up to the to the hill i don't i don't know these things but i don't know that's that's the only reason i see a cannon being useful but again it could be just a lot of fun as well so and a cannon is a very simple device it's just basically a tube with uh you know some rifling in it and some of them don't even have that so exactly it's those uh, weren't the best aiming uh, weapons back then you know yeah did you guys ever make uh did you guys ever make potato cannons as kids, yes, we have. Yeah, oh my god, as kids, as adults, like they're funner to make <laughs> as adults. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, we shot potatoes literally across the fucking lake one time. It was yeah. bad. It's unbelievable could... how efficient those are. Yeah, I mean, they can launch a serious, oh, yeah. serious distance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Gotta love a good potato cannon. Uh, there is one time when we, we, of course, made one. Not a giant one, but I think it was maybe like a inch and a half diameter. So it's more like, you know, baby potatoes, but still it was fun. But uh, so you did the spray, like the hairspray on the inside. And my brother didn't really get that cap on quite right. And of course, it exploded out the back and tore out all of the the. um, (laughs) Oh, my gosh, it was awful. And then that was like, oh, well, we destroyed. I mean, of course, we had already been playing with it for like two weeks. So we we kind of already gotten our worth out of it. But sure. That that one went out with a bang for sure. Bang with a bang. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Pun intended. Uh, okay, <clears throat> real quick. Um, I want to shift into WFI projects because we kind of like um, we've been 
not really digging into them all that much and i think people really enjoy it to hear us talk about it so uh i would like to spend a little time doing that if you got sure. guys have some time Absolutely. Oh, I, I was literally going to say, I don't have time for that this morning, Brian. Another, <laughs> another, real, quick, another real quick thing before we jump into WFI is uh, I want to shout out uh, once again, I want to shout out Triple T, the podcast oh, with Dennis yeah. and Jared. Yeah. I, I don't know about you guys, but like maybe it's just because I know them, but I don't know. That's a really great podcast. It Dude. flows really well. For a fresh podcast, it's like good. there's there's not one like lame moment or like moment where like okay I can't listen to this or nothing like none of it. It was just all good all around. Every time I listen to it, I want to like call Jared or call Dennis and go, okay, you guys were talking about this, and I want to you know give you some advice because they're you know they're talking about the episode I'm on now is the induction forge one where they're talking about induction forges, and um. It's just great. So go check out Triple T. Uh, I think you can find it on all major podcasting platforms and you're supporting Dennis and Jared while you're listening to it. Plus, you learn a lot of stuff. They talk about uh, some very good detailed stuff about forge welding and other you know, processes. So go check it out. Go listen to it. It's fantastic. I just wanted to shout them out one more time. Um, Triple T for knife makers. Just uh, search for it. There it is. Do you guys have anything you're listening to or watching right now that you want to recommend to the audience? Because people love this shit. They love it. It's it's been triple T over here quite a bit. And then also um, the Dan Carlin's Hardcore History just put out a new one. Oh, yeah. Um, He only puts out like one or two episodes a year. And when he does, it's it's a it's hardcore history. So it's It's like four hours, five hours or something. Well, some of some of his. uh. Like he did what a uh, one series on World War One, and it was like four episodes, each being five to six hours long. Like when he goes into a subject, he really thoroughly goes through it. But it's vastly interesting the entire way through. Well, he did a kind of a shorter episode. I think it's an hour and a half long, but it's all on the Holocaust. So wow, okay, yeah, yeah I bet you that's good. Um, it's definitely something you want to not listen to if you're in a bad mood I'll yeah put it that way <laughs> yeah yeah but Being it is a good it is very space. deep it is very um chilling but you learn a lot so okay yeah, go check all out right. dan carlin all right good uh pickle what are you listening to podcast wise do we lose pickle he's muted he's muted Oh, well, so well, let's sorry about that, guys. <laughs> I was talking away. Um, <laughs> then I hear he's muted. <laughs> but uh, I was going to say, it's not really an educational purpose podcast or anything like that. And I've only been catching little bits in here, uh, here and there, like on social medias of him. Uh, but we listened to a shit ton of it yesterday on the way back from Quebec. And it's uh, Kill Tony. That shit is <laughs> fucking nasty like right up my alley nasty and it's fucking <laughs> hilarious like if you need a good laugh just go listen to kill tony and you'll get it kill it's, tony unless right. you're one of those people that gets easily offended then don't listen to kill tony actually <laughs> so, sorry, if you're listening to this show you're you're not easily offended although yeah. i do get that message from time to time like people so my fiance the, uh, sister and her um boyfriend both went and saw kill tony live and they nice. said it's absolutely hilarious 
Oh, dude, it's fucking savage. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's All fucking, right, jumping into though. jumping into WFI projects. I'm going to shout out Twin underscore Oaks underscore Forge. Yeah, you stole it right from me. Yeah, fucking. he's building out a little workshop in a like a an older barn or something, and uh, I love this process. Like a clean slate. Like he's got like a big open area where he's. It's the loft, create. actually. Yeah, it's like a loft. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's the hayloft. It's, a loft of yeah, a it's barn. the hayloft, and he's cleaning that all up so he could make storage to expand from the inside on his existing shop. Yeah, and it and he's got like video of just piles of like wood chips and hay and feathers and all this other stuff that he's offloading. So go check out twin underscore oaks underscore forge. At the moment, he has this is Todd Newton, by the way. He has. 213 followers that's it 213 followers on instagram so go check him out uh pick up your phone right now and go follow his work pick up the phone i've got one and so caroline Jeanette is a person that you see a lot in wfi projects um what is she most known for again spoons wooden spoons well, this is outside of her norm. She made this really intricate and beautiful forged hairpin. Yes, so, I saw that. Yeah, oh, cool. my gosh. This thing is absolutely gorgeous. There's a lot of twists and turns and scrolling. You know, oh, my gosh. It's so pretty. And um, the end of it looks like the end of the pin itself has like a little miniature leaf on it. Oh, it it's just really shows that she's not just a one trick pony. She does so many different things from, you know, of course the, the spoon carving forging, she's made a couple knives. Oh man. She's, she is like, I mean, talk about a craftswoman. That's Carolyn Jeanette is the one. This one also has, not only does it have the, the black, you know, steel, but she also hot brassed. It looks like, or hot bronzed giving, a couple little golden highlights. Oh man. Gorgeous. If, if you're gorgeous. not familiar with that process, it's just literally taking a brass brush while the steel is still warm and rubbing the, the brush across the steel and it transfers a small amount of the brass into the steel mm-hmm. and leaves like a temper, like a, almost a straw or hay color uh, yeah. to the steel. And if, uh, I learned that from Steve Kalb over at Kalb Ironworks uh, when I went to his workshop uh, in Koreshin State Park. We did that last year at the Foundry. Yeah, we did. And he showed me that process, and it blew my mind. I had seen yeah. Chris Zepp do it like years ago. But Excuse me. It actually handling the brush and doing the work, it, uh, it it's really a great process. And, yeah, it's a beautiful piece. I don't know. Did you guys see – Noah over at uh, Entiat River Forge. Also, he's the host of the uh, Hustle and Grind. One of the hosts of Hustle and Grind. Let me just look this up. Entiat. His feather pattern? His fox feather? Not that. He made a bracelet. Did you see that? The Damascus bracelet that he made. And if you go to his, uh, excuse me, if you go to his um, uh, feed, he shows it off. And I think that uh, this goes back to the conversation about making things that are not knives, right? Like branching out into other, you have all the tooling to make stuff like this and it's very saleable. Um, uh, check out his little bracelet that he made. It was, it's a really cool piece. It's just, it reminds me of uh, that hairpin that 
Carol Ann Jeanette made, but it's the same concept, but it's made out of Damascus. So, uh, yeah, man. check that out. Guess what, guys? What? I found a fresh one. Ooh. A fresh it's WFI. Yeah, it's literally in between two posts that are over a year old each, and it's four hours fresh. Like, that's fresh. Wow. And uh, it's something I've been doing for a few years now, and I see, I'm seeing a lot more people getting into it. Uh, him and I have talked about this process before, and um, I don't know who did it first, and it doesn't really matter because I'm sure there's some that have done it way before us. And Cohen actually introduced this tool into his shop recently. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, simple little knives. Simple little knives is using a router to profile yeah. the scales. Like quick and easy, repeatable consistency. More people should do it because some people don't have the eye for symmetry. And uh, fit and finish is worth hundreds of dollars, bud. Uh, so don't lose out on that. Go buy a $40 plunge router and set it up so you could make hundreds of dollars with finer looking handles. Now, let me go off on that for a minute because I used it for the first time last night on this uh, patriotic raffle knife. Holy cow, is that so incredibly easy? I just yeah. put a quarter quarter round bit and I built a little. I mean, if I think I made a post about it so you can kind of see the the janky table that I made for it. But yeah. a little bit of setup and a couple light passes, and all of a sudden you've got the perfect symmetrical rounded handle. And of course, you know, I did some sanding past that to, you know, blend those yeah. in a little bit more. And there's there's still work and finesse to be done oh, after yeah. that. But it gives well, you the the baseline, the perfect 45s or the yep. perfect quarter rounds or whatever you want that you can then go off of. See, oh. like, if you're willing to put some time hand shaping that handle yep. and to get a nice, like, uh, like when you're looking at it from the butt end to get that V-shape handle almost, like where it's wider at the top and it tapers mm -hmm. down a bit, I use quarter rounds at the top and the butt of the handle. And for the bottom part of the handle, I use my 45s. And then I go with 100 grit sandpaper afterwards, and then I just round off that bottom 45. So it gives it a steeper radius compared oh, wow. to that rounded top so you get actual shape a thinner bottom at your handle and but you know there's hand sanding involved and this is what like some people it's i'm not saying you guys are doing it wrong or anything like that but like that fine finished handle yeah is worth money you know what i'm saying like hand sanding is not that bad like it's it's worth putting a half hour onto a knife hand sanding the handle to clean things up to make yeah. extra money you know, yeah. and that's something I've been preaching for fucking four years is fit and finish is worth hundreds of dollars. Yeah. And I'm going right. to keep on saying it. And it's something that a lot of makers need to apply to their work, I find, because there's a lot of people that have been hearing me say that for two years. And I'm not pointing any fingers, but your work hasn't improved in two years. <laughs> so so I it's think, either. I think the thing to take away from that, though, too, is the education side of things like this router trick. Yeah, because a lot of guys who are a lot like me don't have the patience to do this like tedious stuff. Yeah. Find these solutions. You know, they're out Dude, there. There's, there's so much free information out there. Like dig in and find it and then employ it into your work because that will improve your process and improve your fit and finish. <laughs> it doesn't mean you have to hand sand for eight hours on every knife. No, it's just no, like, not, not even yeah, yeah. because there's a lot of knives that I make, you know, you've seen the knives that I've been doing bead blasting on the scales, like G10 and uh, Micarta and all that. 
Well, those scales, they get hit with the quarter round. Like I set them on the knife, they're removable scales. I set them on the knife. I router that quarter round right to the spine of the tang and all that. And, uh, and then I just beat blast and I throw them back onto the knife and I'm done. And it's just, it looks, looks really good. A lot of people ask me, it's like, how do you get your handle work so clean? Mm. Router. Yeah. Like that's how well, those quarter rounds on my PK little rivers, the three that I've done recently, there's no hand sanding done on those whatsoever. That's all router work and bead blast. That's it. Now here's no my sandpaper question. Touch those scales. So I've only done it to one knife so far. So I'm not really nowhere near an expert on it yet. Do you, does some material give you more chatter than some? Because this this Juma handle material that I use yes. from Maritime Knife Supply, go check out Maritime Knife Supply. Um, it had a lot of chatter, and I did have to spend not like a crazy amount of time, but a solid amount of time on the belt grinder and then hand sanding to really you know finish the, that the, out. There's many ways that you could probably solve that chatter. There's your router speed. Mm. And then there's your router depth, depending on the materials you're hogging. You know what I'm saying? If you're taking a big bite out of a harder material, you're going to get chatter. It's going to want to jump if you're going full blast, you know? Yeah. So I run mine at its lowest possible speed, and I take little, maybe 60 fourths licks at first, depending on materials also. Like if I'm doing G10, I'll set myself with my first knife and then my second knife, I'll just fucking rip it right through one pass because it's G10. But yeah. if you're doing curly maple and you're doing anything like that, like uh, what the, what was it? I saw that freaking flaked out on me once. Anyways, you just got to be careful. That's why I keep on saying these little licks is because if you got grain that you're cutting against like curly maple or even, you know, bird's eye maple does it too. It, it tends to, if you're taking too big of a bite, you will rip out a chunk from your yeah. handle and then you're going to be like motherfucker and think you ruined it. But you, there's always ways to fix things. I, it's happened to me before. Yeah. And I've never had to remove a handle, but I've had chips like literally rip out off the fucking pass. And then I'm like, oh shit. And I was like, yeah. fuck it. But I still go back to my router and do it because the advantages of it are outweigh any disadvantage in my opinion. You know, The other thing is I thought it was going to be way more scary than what it actually was. like having your fingers of course i was i was a little tensed up because it was my first time but i mean just like anything else you're keeping your fingers away from the 36 grit or at least you should be so yeah but it's it's it's, it's exactly it bites it can bite i've only bitten bit by a router once and alcohol was involved it was a saturday (laughs) afternoon no making a pool yeah we were making a pool deck on my neighbors here and i literally ran I don't know how many two by fours through the router to make a groove in them so we could put the lattice from the decking, like slotted, recessed inside the two by fours from top and bottom of the deck, uh, the fencing for the deck. So um, I'm passing these two by fours, ripping down the middle of them one after another, swiping the sawdust, sawdust off the table as it's spinning, you know? No problem at all. I passed the last piece. I turn the router off as it's slowing down. I go to wipe that last bit of dust off the table and I hit that fucking router bit as it, you know, it still had momentum to it because it literally took a big chunk off my finger off. And, uh, that was shitty. Like I, that's where I learned. That's one of the major things that made me like respect your tools. Yeah. You know, like I was drunk. I shouldn't have been using that tool. Yeah. All right, so back to me. hashtag WFI projects. Yes. Let's each do one more, and then we can. I got one. 
I got okay, one. Go I've been it. eyeballing. I got one. Uh, I got one. I got one. Mark <laughs> Vanderwerf of One One Eight yes. Blades. He did the Jimmy Duresta leather bag. Yeah, Ooh. and it looks awesome. And so, if you're not following that project with Jimmy, uh, you can. I don't know if it's downloadable or like the patterns or whatever, but Mark recreated it and did a beautiful job. His leather work is amazing. So go check out One One Eight Blades. Looks like he's in uh, somewhere over across the pond there. I don't know exactly where. He's like a Dutch guy that lives in London, I think. Something mm. like that, yeah. Something like that. I don't know. He's like me, an American living in Canada. Yeah. Mm. Well, and also, uh, I just looked. If you go on your phone now and you look up WFI Projects, there's a little button at the very top that says Filter. You click that, you can check recent top posts. What meaning- do you think I do? I, well, most people don't know this because they're saying all I ever see is the same old stuff and, you know, blah, blah, well, blah. There's 18,000 posts now. So you got to sort I do sort that, of. Brian, and I get all these old posts still, even though I do it. Yeah. That's well, what I don't get. Like, I'm looking at posts from September. In between Matt Bicker's posts, I got a post from April 17, 2023. And the one above that is September 9th, 2023. And then there's a fresh one from 14 hours ago. Get yourself mm, like an iPhone. You're using that shitty Android. That's the problem, I think. This is the problem. And you should jump into the 21st century. I'm going to bite my tongue right now. Because <laughs> I, had, I had my little brother sitting next to me yesterday, and he was blown away with how good of a quality video I could get oh, right dude, up. Oh, the, dude, the, the fucking video on those things and the, the photos, the camera that those things got. No, exactly. I've, I am so sick of my iPhone 14. This thing is a, Thank the you. biggest piece of shit I've ever had. Honestly, I, I hate this phone. All right, I'm not going to do that. But anyway, yeah, we're running out of time here. Pick my, one more WFI one, project. My second one is uh, Mr. Matt Bicker at DIY Europe, and he's fucking killing it for you, Mr. House. You uh, have gotten him into the platen madness. He's yeah. putting out all these radius platens, soft platens, glass platens. You guys need platens. House made is the guy to get them from, and those are all made by Matt, Matt Bicker, Bicker at DIY yeah. Europe. That is a that was a big order. That was a big order. I'm looking at it right now, and that's big. It's like 300 platins, I think. And it's they are also uh, Matt also hosts their uh, sister podcast DIY. Uh, no, not DIY, but WFI Europe. WFI Europe. Uh, no, yep. not dude, WFI. It's work for it. Work yeah, for it Europe. Yeah, that's Europe, it. Yeah, it's yep. abbreviated. But yeah, they're uh, they got a show going on too, and that's uh, pretty decent. I need to catch up on some of it. Uh, sometimes I don't quite get what they're saying though, because the, their dialect sometimes like they have some slangs that it's like, what did he just say? <laughs> Pickle and they love talking about a dialect of Americans. change. <laughs> yeah, they they love busting of the balls on Americans. It's it's yeah. pretty great. So that means it's okay if we bust their ball. Oh, if they had balls, I mean, I mean, if you're into socialism and like you know. <laughs> You know, not really working all that hard. You can move to Europe and just live off like, the government. That's cool. Yeah, if you don't like carrying pocket knives, you could move there too. So, oh. <laughs> and if you if you don't like freedom, that's the other part. Oh. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> I am kidding, of course. I can hear all the freaking DMs, the clickety clacks. You understand that Europe is not a socialist environment. Okay, all right, all right. I'm I'm joking. It's a joke. Speaking, Speaking of, of jokes, <laughs> do you have one? You have one more, and then we'll go into a dad joke. How about yes? That? So my last one for the work for it projects hashtag WFI projects. Maximus Knives is showing off a nose look 
of the mamba he's been doing. Mm, and I love that I, knife. It's oh my knife. gosh. It, I got to use it um, at the last blade show and it is a really comfortable EDC. He also like cooked a whole meal with it. So like it's, it's not just a one trick pony, but I really like razor the, sharp too. Razor, razor sharp, sharp, the geometry, the, you know, Oh, there's just so many different things about it that is so really cool. So go check out Maximus Knives. Um, go support him by picking up a Mamba. And uh, yeah, go check him out. Where's that dead joke at? Why did the carpenter leave the lumber store? Why is that? <clears throat> because he got bored. <laughs> now, just so you're aware, that is a that was a... DM that I got from Overall MakerWorks on Patreon, he sent me a link to a website called fatherhood.gov, which okay. is a government website. And there is an entire section of that website that has a dad joke generator in it. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's the National Responsible Fatherhood Clearinghouse website, and it is government run. <laughs> And then you can click this thing and it says, read me another joke. So I just did that. And it says, what kind of tree fits in your hand? What a tree? Palm tree? A palm tree. That's it. <laughs> so Speaking so of trees. The quality of these jokes is pretty good, too. So that's yeah. just the other thing. Yeah. Speaking of trees, what did the tree say after a long, cold winter? What's that? I have no idea. What a relief. <laughs> go outside, nerd. Get out. Go. I ain't got time to be distracted by your worthless comments. Go on. <laughs> Peace out. Go on, nerd. <laughs> All right. Uh, <clears throat> so, if you're a patron, you get to ask us a question. And at the end of the show, we will read that question. Then we transfer over to the after show. We. We hit this button and it magically whisks us away to this land of milk and honey that is known as the after show. And it's only broadcast in the patron back end. So if you want to be a Patreon, you can go to patreon.com forward slash work for it. You can pay $10.80 a year. Literally, it costs you more to drive to work and back than it does to support us all year long. And you can do that. Uh, and it keeps the show commercial free. Hundreds of your contemporaries have chosen to do this and support our show. And thank you so much for that. And I am going to read a question from Bobby over at Reaper Manufacturing. His question is, I am at a crossroads on content creation. This might be wordy, so stay with me. I'm leaning towards projects and the products made to fund projects versus make a new channel for projects, stick with the products and business for the Reaper channel. I just bought a fire truck and had the idea to make products specific to each portion of it that I'm restoring. Would you drum up a new channel or just say, screw it and document the journey on one channel? All right. So that's his question. He's, He's thinking, should I split my channel and create one for one thing and one for another? And I have a very good, very unique situation in which I can refer to when I answer this question in the yeah, after you have show. More and I think input. 
I think Brian does too. And mm -hmm. Pickle, you have your own kind of version of this. And I think we, yeah. we're going to all have a good uh, insight on this. Plus, I think what I want to do with this question is I want to take the hypothetical project that is his fire truck. I don't know if you've seen this, but he bought this. He's part of this, like, uh, he's a veteran. So he gets this, like, access to this uh, veteran website that does auctions. And you can go and buy, like, like surplus government stuff for super cheap. He bought a fire truck, an old one, and he wants to use that as a basis for a project so that he can uh, create content around it and make money like with a side uh, hustle. I will lay out a very specific uh, methodology for this, like a recipe for this that will bring in 500 to to $1,000 a month. And I'm going to do it right there in the after show. I'm going to tell you and everyone who's listening uh, in there and Bobby how to do it. Yeah, man. What would 500 to to $1,000 a month do for you? Would it change your game a little bit? Because it changed mine five years ago when I embarked on this exact project. Not fire truck, but something else. <laughs> Wait so. a second. So beep, boop, what beep, I'm boop. what I'm getting here is that all you have to do is spend ten dollars and eighty cents a year to learn how to make a five hundred to a thousand dollars a month. I'm gonna lay it That's out. Right. It's a restaurant, baby. Talk about yeah, an exchange. And by the way, I'm gonna lay it out using. Not just anecdotal fucking data, because I did it, and I'll I, I did it, and I will explain to you how I did it, and then you can take my advice and deploy it and go do Whoa. it yourself. It's that simple. I mean, talk about bringing the value. I'm bringing I'm bringing the freaking dimes, baby. Let's go. Let's do it. All right, let's go to the after show. Thank you so much for listening to work for it. <clears throat> That's it. <laughs> real quick before we go, uh, I just want to bring this up real quick because it's funny. You know how you guys refer to my voice as the soothing sounds of a gravel driveway? Yes. Okay, well, my brother, uh, my oldest brother was on his way up from Connecticut with his girlfriend and they're driving. So he throws on the work for it podcast last week's because he listens to it. But she had never heard it. So um, we're talking away on the podcast and he asked her, he's like, you recognize that voice? And she's like, you know, trying to figure it out as she's listening to me. And she's, she's like, it kind of sounds like, I want to say Beetlejuice, you know, Batman. <laughs> is that Michael? And then she's like, is that Michael Keaton? And then it's like, oh, that's my brother. <laughs> I was like, Beetlejuice? What the fuck? Pickle cutters, so, yeah. pickle cutters, pickle cutters. Pickle cutters. <laughs> <laughs> also known as pickle juice. Yeah. <laughs> pickle juice. Juicy. It's good. All right, on to the after right. show. Let's go. Ta ta. See you guys.
Okay, so I'm going to reread this question uh, from Bobby. So he's at a crossroads, and he has this fire truck project. He is looking at the projects and products to uh, that are made to fund this project versus the new channel for the project and stick to the products and business on the other channel, meaning mm-hmm. like he's going to split his channels in two and just do projects on one and the products like have, on the other like and i'm gonna t- yeah i'm gonna tell you it's a bad idea don't split anything up yeah have no, one channel do it all on one channel and the reason is is people don't they don't they won't care and you're not gonna huh. lose subscribers on one and the other and whatever else it should all be one and uh, i'll tell you how i know this i used to have house made and housework Okay, and I did this exact same thing because this is my methodology too. I thought, well, I'm going to do my products on house made, and then I'm going to do my my projects on housework. Well, you all know the end of that story. It blended into one, and it yeah. was a conversation that I had with Aaron Lee. I don't think he's really around anymore. I don't see any of his content at it's all. It's been a while, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, he chose a different path. I'm sure he still makes knives or whatever, but he's just not making content. Um, he told me it's confusing. He's like, man, it's confusing. People still refer to me as housework. That's that's how much that name stuck, and I haven't used it in three years. So, uh, yeah, housework. Yeah, I mean, it's like <laughs> it's freaking crazy, like how that works. You know, some people can't get it disconnected from their minds. I will tell you that your brand is you. Okay, mm-hmm. your brand, Reaper Manufacturing, which used to be Reaper Metalworks, is Bobby. That's that's who it is. People will watch you for you. And if they don't, they unsubscribe. They weren't your people anyway. It's okay. Let them go. You want to find your freaks. You want to find the people who love your projects, whether you're working on a knife or a fire truck. They're going to watch you do it. Okay. And here's the specific money making portion of this. Document the process in all ways, like create almost like a vlog of what you're doing every day. Film a little bit. Share it on Instagram cross-promoted on YouTube shorts, cross-promoted on TikTok and Facebook. Get that, get people interested in what you are doing. Bobby is already a person who is very connected in the industry. He has got, he's always on social media. He's always responding. He's sending messages. He's a very social person. People are automatically going to recognize his face, his name, all of the things he's doing and go, oh, that's Bobby. He's working on a fire truck. Cool shit. I'd watch that. And I would. Me personally, I would watch Bobby restore an old fire truck. I think that's cool shit. Now, when you're doing this work, Bobby, and you're and you're making this happen, make sure all of the tools, everything you're using, if you do not personally sell them, you sign up for Amazon Associates, the Amazon affiliate program. And all of those links go into your link pop on Instagram. You don't do it in the description. Nobody, you can't click on it there. You're going to need link pop or something like that to, to, or create a storefront, whatever it might be. And then also in the description on YouTube, when you do this and people click through, it doesn't cost them anything, but you get a piece. You get like a little commission portion of whatever they purchase for 24 hours on Amazon. Meaning if I go there, let's just say I'm watching you weld something and I click through to the welder that you recommend and I see it and I like it, but it's not quite right for me. And I buy a different welder the next day. You still still get the commission on that welder. Okay. 
And when I started this, I think I was making 30 bucks a month, something like that. Now I'm upwards of two to 3000 a month. Yeah. Okay. Quick, uh, Me quick personally before- making two to $3,000 a month by people just clicking through to the recommended tools that I use on YouTube, Instagram, and all my social content. Think about that for a second. It's money that comes in. It's passive. It literally costs me nothing to copy and paste this link into a description. And people ask you anyway, all day long, they're asking me, Brian, what welder do you recommend? What VFD do you use? What motor do you use? What's you send them blah, a link blah, to blah, that blah. video. They're asking me all the time what I'm using. I'm doing them a favor. I'm giving mm-hmm. them that data, and it doesn't cost them anything, and I make a little bit of scratch. Yep. While it's now, one thing I want to ask so we could be clear with this process, because I'm, I'm listening and taking notes right now, is the Amazon account itself, does it have to be one of those Amazon business accounts? No. No, it's so free. So you can have a regular account, regular affiliates links, and all that. Absolutely, regular okay. account doesn't. You do not even have. You just give them your social security number so they can uh, file your taxes. You get it like a ten ninety nine at the end of the year, or whatever. Yeah, uh, and if you're in like Canada, that. I don't know how that works. You get <laughs> yeah, some sort of. You get like a piece of. Uh, you get Pizza. like a. Um, some syrup and some other maple leaf <laughs> products. Maple or syrup pizza. Maple, yeah, exactly. <laughs> some poutine. And, now, uh, one yeah. of the things that I do whenever I order something on Amazon, or I specifically know I'm, I'm going to order something on Amazon, I go to one of your YouTube videos, Brian, and I click on one of your links, exit out of that link, and then order whatever I was going to order because I know you get that kickback. Do you really? You yeah, do that every time. Oh, it's dude, just like and, it's uh, like second nature at this point. Yeah, I can't tell myself. who's buying. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I've done it myself too, and uh, also um, I was gonna say, uh, fuck. Ah, uh, if you are in Canada, you could still use Brian's affiliate links. You just yes. need to switch over to Canada instead because it's gonna be like, oh, you're going into a different country or whatever. It's like, yeah, no, I want to stay here in Canada. And you could do that, and I get a Canadian gift card every month from Amazon that I cannot oui, oui. spend, and then I send it to Pickle, and he gets the money. Oh, so because I can't a whole spend lot, but it, it I, pays for. Yeah, it's not a lot. It's you know, no thirty like bucks. It paid 50 for bucks. my. Uh, it paid for my uh, my mullen tea and it paid for my mushroom supplements. Yeah. Wait, is that like for real? Two- are you fucking around here? It's no. not like what the mushrooms you're thinking, Brian. It's, it's yeah, not the, the uh, not, not the it's not psilocybin. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not. No, but seriously, <laughs> you get Canadian. You, I get I get a, a a gift card to all these different countries, and then I randomly email the gift card to someone who's in that country who follows my work. So I, I've done that. I've done that for months. Yeah, I do. Really? I, I send I send it off because I can't. Yeah, I never thought I about that. I cannot spend it. If if yeah. somebody in England buys yeah, my thing, I get euros and I can't and I cannot spend them on. I can't buy something on the London or the UK uh, uh, Amazon, Amazon and have it shipped to me. It, it mm-hmm. just doesn't work. So, like if that. You, so I just forward them off to random supporters. So Pickle gets all the loonies and toonies out of your out of your commission. Pickle gets all the Canadian. Loony. Yeah, and I have I a few the Monopoly people. money. I get Japanese money. Hey, I get all kinds of shit. To be honest with shit. you guys, it's not worth that much, right? It really I mean, it depends. It's it <laughs> like depends $30 on the money. Canadian is not a whole lot in yeah. American. You can buy yeah. some poutine with that for sure. Yeah, it's right. $22 Canadian. But getting back US. to the meat and potatoes of this, yes. I really want I really want to ex- I I need people to understand something. 
when you give a recommendation for a tool, for instance, Pickle, think of it in terms of this. You're going to make a piece of content about using that router that yep. you made yep. or that you use. And yeah, router Post table. a link to my router insert People that I ordered know. off of Amazon. Yeah. And- what, what bit do you use? What, what, yep. what router is that? What batteries do you use? Blah, blah, blah. Put that all in your link pop and then people will click through. You're doing them a service anyway because they all want to know because it's valuable data. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, just understand that when you're dicking around on Facebook and people are like in my world, I'm in the grinder groups a lot and people are always confused as to what motor and VFD and all of yeah. that. I, if you go to my resources page on my it's website, all, all of that is there. So I have it. I have, it took a day or so of me and Sarah sitting down to build this web page and I just send them a link in the comments section of that thread <clears throat> where this person is asking what motor, what VFD, what wiring kit, what blah, 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 right? I just put that link there. Hey, I have laid this out in a video. I have laid this out in my resources page. Here's the wiring diagram. Here's all this. This is valuable data to this person because saving them thousands of dollars. You go and buy these motors and VFDs from grinder companies, you can quickly see their markup is enormous and they're, and I get it. They're making money wiring these things up. It is not rocket science, though. We're talking four wires here. Uh, and when you do this and you click through to that resources page, of course, all those links are affiliate links. And I brought that value to that, that community. Those links have been used tens of thousands of times, tens of thousands. And every month that is where my money comes from and the affiliate uh, program, not just that, but you know, other stuff that I link there too. And sometimes those guys buy a welder and if like the commission on a welder, like if somebody buys a thousand dollar welder, yeah. I get like 60 bucks. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just, it, it's and for what, for bringing value to the community, you should be paid for your recommendations. But here's the converse of this. Do not recommend things that you've not used, number mm-hmm. one, and that you don't know whether or not they're quality goods because yeah. your reputation is everything. So the next time that guy goes to your thing and say you buy something from your links and it's a hunk of shit and they go, oh, yeah, Bobby's just because here's the thing. All these influencers, these guys that are getting free products all over, and they're and I know because I've fall fell for this at one time. Hmm. They'll these companies send you these things, and the contract states you will do an unboxing and a review on it, and it essentially says in the fine print that you have to recommend it to your audience. Well, if I haven't fucking used it, I'm not doing that. And by yeah. the way, ninety nine percent of this stuff that you're that they're sending out for free is straight garbage it doesn't work it's not a good thing they're trying to pawn it off on these influencers to get sales and then you have just destroyed your reputation because you've recommended something because you got a free welder fuck yeah. that do See, not do this a, do not do go down do that, that road do you guys remember that forge that i was sent by a chinese company yeah, oh, yeah. I yeah literally, you, did, you couldn't do it, right? Because it was a piece I, of shit. I couldn't shit. do it. I I offered to send it back because I just, I mean, it was a piece of crap. It, I mean, it, the steel thickness on the body, it was like practically tinfoil. Yeah. And the kale wool was like cotton candy. It was all falling apart. And they didn't even say anywhere in the boxing that you should coat it with any sort of coating. 
So it's no dangerous to no use. Yeah, oh my gosh. I guarantee you, because if somebody doesn't know to coat that thing, they're going to use it without the coating. Yeah. And if it's that had, loose a kale wool, they're going to get cancer quick. Yep. Ugh. Like even when I, um, you guys remember my little green welder I had before last year that I blew yeah. up and ended up getting my new welder? Well, I'd gotten that off Amazon, right? And it, it was past the the warranty time of it and all that shit. And I, you know, I was like, by six months, you know, the thing lasted me 12 months, uh, 18 mm. months anyway. So anyways, I uh, sent them a message just for how I was figured I'd try. And uh, they're like, yeah, you know, we're under, we're past the warranty date and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And, and then um, I was actually messaging them through Instagram. So they kind of like saw my profile and all that. And then he reached out and they went to send me a plasma cutter. Oh, and then I was like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, I don't want none of this cheap Amazon stuff. You know, I would have taken a free welder just for ha-has if you would have sent me one. But no, I'm good. So they kept on insisting on sending me one. So I was like, you know what? Go ahead and send one. They sent me this plasma cutter, okay? And it showed up through Amazon. And it was a return item. And it had already been sparked up and all that. And, like, they whoever had it tried using it, couldn't get it to work, and they sent it back. You could tell. And uh, this is what they sent me. And then they messaged me again. And they're like, so you're going to, you know, work with us on that? And I was like, buddy, like this plasma cutter is used. And I don't even think it works because if it would have worked, buddy would have kept it. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I could send it back if you want. If you're willing to pay the fees, I'm not going to pay any shipping on this. I didn't even really want it. You guys twisted my arm. And uh, then they's like, you know what? Just keep it and forget about everything. So I had absolutely nothing to do. No reels, no content, no nothing around it. And I haven't even used it. Like, I haven't even attempted to use it. And I've had it for almost a year. What the heck? That is a common experience. I had uh, a very well-known company that makes 3D printers and these laser etchers and stuff send me, like, a free I've talked about it in the past. I'm not going to mention who it is, but it's a big company. And when I got it, I was like, this doesn't work. It, do, it, it does what you say it does on the thing, but you're sending it to me and you're telling me it'll etch steel and it doesn't. And went back and forth and back and forth with them. And I'm like, I just want to box this fucking thing up and send it back to you. And then they're like, we'll pay you to do it. Like they, they begged hey. me. They said they hey, would imagine pay that. me. <laughs> to do a positive review on it. Whoa. Pay me. And it was a lot of money. And I, I sent them a message back and I said, you know what? No. My reputation is worth way more <sighs> than this. I would never say that this does this because all my buddies are going to buy one of these and then they're going to go, they're going to be asking me how to do it. And I'm going to go, eh, I don't know. Well, you know, so anyway, <laughs> reputation is important. Paid. There's mm, a but- word. There's a price for everything except for my word. That's right. So getting back to Bobby's question real quick, the yes. fire truck thing. Okay. He's Don't got an amazing opportunity here. Okay. Because that fire truck is going to need just a multitude of things, right? It's going to need all kinds of tools and it's going to need paint and it's going to need all this stuff. Literally, it's a gold mine of a project. Yes, it's going to be expensive yep. to restore it and all of that, but you can make your money back by doing what we described here in the, uh, in the uh, process. So just be aware that uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I think that it's a great project, Bobby. I think that you'll be able to uh, make money with it and then also build your following, your social following. Yep. And, 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 and I'm going to say one more thing about content creation. There's a lot of guys that ask me on the regular, 
that they want to become content creators and they want to make content and make a living doing content creation. I am going to just be very forward that I don't know if any of you understand that it is a saturated market. You're going to be competing and there's going to be a long, it's a long game to turn around a profit on that from a time standpoint. Okay. You have to, you have to really understand that these guys that are making content, it is a hustle. It's and I I know because I've I kind of went down that road initially. Here's what Unless I'll recommend. Kiddies. I think that you should take the same model that I did, solve a problem, create content around it, create a product, sell that product, and then ramp up while you're doing it. Ramp up your content creation while you're doing it. I'm not saying you can't do it because you can. It's sure. just that if you if you think that these guys creating Mr. Beast is a great example. The guy makes one video and because he's so popular, you know, millions and millions of people watch what he's doing. You're not Mr. Beast. You're not Alex no. Steele. You're not. Don't you don't have that. You, you're you. And it takes a long time to get to those. And if you decide you want to do it, no doubt in my mind, if you stay committed to the process, you can do it. But if you look at the history of these guys and how long they had to work for basically no money or spend money doing Mm -hmm. it, building this business. Uh, Just ask yourself, is it a realistic goal? But if you combine what we're talking about here with the affiliate links, the products that you create, the things that you're going to create around your content, remember that that is a a path of success, that you can do that because you don't have to, you're you're not, you're not competing with eyes. You know, you're all of these guys are trying to get millions and millions of views and you could have a video go into the millions. We've we some, most of us here on this podcast have had that mm-hmm. happen. It's just that there's no money in it, even at millions mm-hmm. of views. Like on Instagram, for instance, I have <laughs> Wait a no second. joke. Hold on, that's there's no right money there. in it. I have 4.5 million views on a video that paid me seventy nine dollars. <laughs> I love the way that you worded that. Most of us here on the podcast have made I it. I don't know. Another. I'm assuming you don't have. I don't There's know. There's only one of us here who has it. That's me, motherfucker. You know what, Brian? That's the rules of three. Yeah. <laughs> so this is on your parade today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I, what I'm trying to do here is be very broad so that I'm not pointing anybody out here. But, all right. So just take take. Uh, Take a step back. But but what I want you to know is that if you decide you want to go down that road, you're going to have to work with other companies to get sponsorships. You may have to compromise your business ethics in order to get those sponsorships or whatever. And I'm not saying all influencers and people that take free tools are doing this. Of course not. What I'm saying, though, is, is you're going to have to weed through that and ask yourself, is that really what you want to do with your time? You know, you really want to make these videos and do you really want to do that? The video portion of it is my favorite part. I love making the content. It's just I've realized really quickly that I can't make money at it unless I get multiple multiple millions of views on YouTube. Even mm-hmm. then, um, I used to make a couple grand a month on YouTube. I just don't anymore. They just the ad Died. revenue has just fucking falled fell off, and it's you know four hundred bucks a month isn't going to pay the bills. So you got to yeah. do something. You know, so, so just keep that in mind. I have a specific insight into this project because Reaper Manufacturing was on 
the work for it pre-show this morning and we talked about it at length. Okay. He he literally started that conversation off with, "Hey, I sent in this question. I don't know if you guys are ever going to get to it. It's hilarious that we're he talking this about this question it. in Reaper Manufacturing. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, no, I'm saying that's what he was talking about was this yeah, question. This question. Yeah. He it's talked about it this morning. One. Hilarious that you picked that today. So, yeah. um his pro- his idea with this project is that not only is he going to be getting this fire truck and it's going to turn into a mobile forge. Like his whole his oh. whole forge is, tur- is going to go onto this. Yeah, it's a really cool idea. Cool. But one of one of his ideas with it is he is going to be making different projects to support like let's say he needs to buy a new transmission. So he's going to make a um let's say a batch of knives that is going to be okay. It's a one-off knife. He is going to make a, let's say a hundred of them. I'm pulling numbers out of my ass here, but um, the amount of knives that he makes, he's going to sell for a price that is going to end up um, buying exactly as much as you need for that new transmission. And then he's going to call that like the, the transmission and he's going to on one side, put his logo and on the other side, like put the our laser engrave a you know transmission or a you know put the word transmission or he's going to like make it so that you know that this knife bought the transmission for this this big giant you know fire yeah. truck thing. Wow! So, wow! That's a great idea. Right. So I mean, that, if that, it there needs you new go. spark plugs, he'll have four knives because he needs you know this amount of, or whatever. You you kind of get the idea here or. Yeah. You know, yep. his he does these a bunch of little projects like those little miniature hammers. Maybe that'll go towards the spark plugs. He's going to sell 10 hammers and the profits from that is it. going to buy the spark plugs. And on one side, it's going to say spark plugs. This is this is what I'm talking about with with being someone who thinks in a creative way. What here's yep. what I've learned is and I'm, I'm, I'm digging into all these YouTube uh, conversations there's a there's a YouTube channel called Diary of a CEO, where um, I, I've said a couple times about Noah Kagan and his YouTube channel, the guy that started AppSumo. There's a lot of valuable conversations happening on those channels. But Diary of a CEO is a London-based um, uh, podcast that he interviews uh, people who have been successful as well. And uh, in the last one. He talked with uh, a guy and he was saying that this guy's like kind of a business guru coach kind of deal, which I don't usually subscribe to. I just think that's like, you know, whatever it's people trying to sell you information. But in yeah. this case, it was free. So, you know, you could take it for what it's worth. But he had this um, he had this concept called reptiles versus vi- visionaries. OK, and he breaks it down and talks about when you're a reptile, you're very reactionary. <clears throat> your emotional quotient intelligence quotient is really low. Like you just react to things. You're not like, you know, when you see a, a lizard and he like darts off or, you know, a snake yeah. and it runs away, you know, shit like that. And the, he's, he basically breaks down the human uh, population into these two categories. So he gives an example. He got a $40 parking ticket and he was really poor and he got really upset and he got into an argument with his friend and he had all these issues and he was like $40 at the time was very, very, a lot of money to him. Okay. And he said that I was a reptile back then. 
I was reactionary. I was angry. I was not thinking straight. He said, so I'm going to apply this exact same uh, situation to a visionary. What would a visionary do? Visionary gets a $40 parking ticket, has no money to pay it. The first thing he does is he looks down the street and he sees people parking their cars. And some of these cars are dirty. He walks up to them and says, I just got a $40 parking ticket. I cannot pay it. I'm having a hard time right now. Can I wash your car? Can I, can I give you a service? Can I make, I need to make $20. Uh, that'll pay half this ticket. Uh, I would love to help you do something. Can I carry your groceries? Can I do something? A visionary looks for resources and then plugs into those resources and then solves the problem. Okay. Where a reptile just gets angry. Well, oh man, I'm going to have to eat ramen for the next two weeks because I'm poor. And I can't pay this ticket. These kinds of conversations are not happening amongst people in, uh, for, from a spectrum standpoint, because I think a lot of us are for a long time have been very reptile and not me included. And, and I still even revert back to that mentality at times, but the resourcefulness comes out in a visionary. And when I talk about struggle and I talk about how hard it is for people sometimes, and that struggle is, is a good thing. It's because it can help ignite that fire in you to become a visionary. Every reptile has the option or has the built-in ability to become a visionary pickle. Your classic example of this, lose your job. What do you do? You don't like working for other people. I'm going to go down the crazy road of making knives and I'm going to try this and look at you now. Like three, I had no intention of making it a business either. Yeah, like three years I, later. I was, I was yeah. like planning on going back to work in two weeks. And then after that two weeks, I was hoping that he wouldn't call me back. Yeah. Brian stock and, uh, shelves didn't, at Target so, oh, and yeah. he's yeah. not making a living and he's, he's struggling yeah. and he's doing this big, don't be a lizard. Yeah. Don't be a fucking <laughs> reptile, man. Like get resourceful. And find those resources. And especially now, okay, I I think the other conversation needs to be had that I've got a lot of people that are like, well, now trying to buy a house and everything's so expensive. And uh, this guy likens this process. He says the boomer generation got access to very low cost housing. Mm -hmm. yep. But our generation mm -hmm. got access to global marketplace. Which is worth way more than a cheap house. Okay. What the hell is so my, my generation my getting? Bought, my parents you bought get this the global place for marketplace. Okay. Like my, my See, this is thirty five. Hold on, hold on a second, Pickle. <laughs> this is I hear in his voice. I hear your your like your resentment towards what's happening right now. What? And and Bullshit. I can tell you right now, your generation that all that resentment is going to go nowhere. It's not going to find any no. path. And, and because and here's my argument for this: like the millennials are all complaining that things aren't happening to them. Well, and, you know, I'm Gen X, bud. I'm Gen X. I'm not millennial. I, I, That's me, I'm though. Bud. You are. I'm saying that this generation is. Well, you said your I, generation, and then you brought I, up. You I'm know. talking about Brian for for a second okay. here. All right. I, what all I'm right. saying is, is Fair that enough. there's a lot of people who are complaining. It's not a generational thing, and I get it. Housing's expensive. I get it. But you guys got a chance to bypass the 2006 to 2012 major recession that we all went through. So, you know, you could say that there's there's uh, in every generation, there's something that gets shoved right in your asshole without mm -hmm. any loop. Trust me when I tell you we all dealt with problems. Struggle is good. 
It is good. It helps you be resourceful. For instance, Brian, you guys managed to buy a house uh, th- last year. Yes, we did. And you bought a, a great house for yep. a pretty good price, right? You had to do yep. some work. You had to put the fucking elbow grease in there, man. You got I mean, it, shit. though. We, we sucked a- it up and lived in Emily's grandma's basement for two years. I mean, talk That's about. That's what I'm talking about. Talk That's about what I'm humility. Talking about. That's what I'm talking about, Brian. So just understand that struggle is a good thing. And it becomes a part of your story. You know, when you're sitting around on a rocket chair, sitting on the front porch and you're telling your grandkids about this and I'm about there. I got like 20 more years of the ship. But I'll tell you what. I am telling you that that struggle helped you along the way. It is important, whether it's the, the expense of a house or whatever. We can find things to complain about all day long if we look mm-hmm. for them. But here's the thing. That's the mind of a reptile. Don't be a reptile. Be a a visionary. Find those resources. Dig hard. Dig deep. Make that struggle part of your story. You can tell it. You know, I talk about it here. Man, I I was poor for a while. And uh, it was okay. It it helped me become who I am today. It was important in my life. So just be aware of that. And by the way, I'm going to call you out. If you're going to be a whiny bitch. I'm going to smack you like a white bitch. It's just how it goes. Like go. a lizard tail. That's right. Yeah. I'm going to snatch you up, baby. You're going to get smacked. That's how it goes. Yeah. I, I have a take on this whole thing that hasn't been brought up really. Like the go only thing it. we said is don't split your channel. Uh, don't split the channel. No. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be a project. Post whatever to your channel because the way algorithms work, right, are obviously according to what you're posting or you're watching. So. You guys remember Sly, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't make a black cat page for Sly, a profile or account or anything. I incorporated Sly into pickle cutters at that time. I was using hashtags of black cats, cats of Instagram, and nothing else. Every time I posted him or, you know, using him in some of my knife-related content. And I gained followers from it. And I gained eyes on my thing, you know, and if it's for them, they'll stick around. If it's not, they're going to leave. That costs you nothing. You got eyes on your projects that are even related to what you're posting. So if you have a cat running around the house and he's always on the fire engine while you're trying to work on it, get some content of that cat messing around, you know, dialing, dialing around, climbing up on your shoulder, whatever, post it as cat related content. But to your account, not only are you going to get eyes on the fire truck project, you're going to get eyes on your other products as well. People are so and, quick to worry about, well, you know, people are going to see this and they're not going to like it. And yeah, they're going to unfollow. Yeah. You know, if someone is so like flighty that they see a cat on their page and all of a sudden they're like, yeah. oh, screw this. I'm not going to follow this person. Anyone. They're not for you anyways. You got that yeah, right. No, they're not they're, for they're you. Not, they're not your people. So let them go. Yeah, and like to this day, still like after not posting cat content for the longest time, is I still have cat content flooding my my feed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I still get every other reel or pictures of black cat. You know, so it, Come it on works. Now. Both. No, I swear to God, it works. Joke here. Come on. No, no, no. There's no. There's no joke. I bite Maybe my chocolate. There's, there's, there's a pussy joke Saint in there six. somewhere. I'm just saying. Pickles feed is anyways, full of pussy. I, I get it. Yeah, I'm just saying though is that. If you start playing around with the algorithms on your account, you're going to see different things and you're going to be pushed out to different people as well, too. Like I go snowboarding. I post snowboarding content. Well, the snowboarding people that dig knives, which there's a lot of people that probably dig art because snowboarding is an art form itself, like it or not. Like I said it, but, um, you know, you have your own style when you're snowboarding. So that becomes an art. 
And uh, I post a lot of snowboarding stuff, and a lot of these people are artsy people, and they see my knife stuff, and I see snowboard stuff. There you go. So if you start posting around that fire truck, well, you're going to get guys like Steve Kalb that's going to end up with it in his feed. And then you're going to have cat lovers that might like fire trucks that are going to have it in their feed too. 100%. And then it's, it's the algorithms have a big play in it, like it or not. You know, so if you could, you know, fool them a bit to be like, hey, I don't just make, you know, little tiny Warhammers or I don't just make knives or whatever, it's you'll get more traction. You'll grow that way. But that's just my take on it, you know, it makes sense to me. So, yep. And and you said something super important about that is the I people did. who are watching your cat content are you're not marketing to knife makers. You know, Brett and I have no. had this conversation a lot about like knife makers marketing to knife makers. Like it makes no sense. Like you, you need no, to doesn't. add that different, those different eyes into the pool of your work. Yeah. So that you can sell people who like cats knives, if that makes yep. sense. It, yep. it, it, I know I it sounds sell. roundabout. You you might get a hundred followers that love cats, and ninety of them, knives. ninety of them leave. Right, they're they're mm. gone because you're a knife maker. But the ten that saw it because of the cat content go, yeah, it's cool shit. I didn't know yeah. people still handmade knives anymore. And then before yep. you know it, they're a customer. So that's how yep. a visionary. Thanks. That's that's how that's I some think. whiny bitch ass millennial. Hey now, yeah. come on, crying about it, crying about hey, a situation. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> we can, well, I feel like it's to the point where we can start, you know, ragging on the Gen Xs or the Gen hey, Zs. Listen, we had, the Gen dude, Zs. You don't want to go. Uh, you don't, don't want to go there, dude. Them Gen Xs are crew. fucking hardcore. Yeah, we're a rough crew. We man. are yeah. a rough crew. We are raised <laughs> drinking out of hoses, hey, no helmets, oh, yeah. no shin pads. No helmets, me no too. Me too. Come on. <laughs> I want to see those scars on your knees, man. I can show I'll you. Tell you I can show you broken bones, dude. Come on, I'm not. We were raised by, we were raised by boomers. Let's just say that we yeah. our parents are boomers. Yeah. We got brutal in the ass to get shit done. If I'm we kidding, wanted by the something. way, I'm not. A, I, I don't. <laughs> I there's good and bad in all generations. I'm just joking yeah, yeah. around. I am yeah. definitely oh, yeah. one no, of those no. people who sees the negative and positive of all human it's it has nothing to do mm. with generations or yeah, sure. color of your skin or yeah, where you were just, raised or what country you live in i don't it's give like a i've shit. always it's like i've always said i ain't racist i hate everyone equally <laughs> <laughs> so anyway if you got value out of today's after show which i know you did because a lot of you right now are clickety clack signing up for amazon affiliates that's a good thing you want to go do that and then start deploying some of these things and i i believe that bobby if he decided to and he wanted to become a full-time uh, maker, content creator, whatever he can do it because that guy's already like halfway there. So anyway, because, looking you know, forward like, to seeing the more fire truck content. Like say, awesome. say a knife maker that would take on a project like he's he does make knives too. But like, imagine like if you're you're targeting with hashtags and all that, like the the firefighter people and all that. Well, you know, ninety percent of the guys carry knives, right? Yeah, fuck yeah. So they, so if you're posting it's this huge. to your knife account no, you're right. as a different project, all these firefighters are going to be like, this motherfucker makes some sick knives. And then you could make some fire the knives that are firefighter related, colors mm-hmm. or whatever schemes, and you're, you're fucking winning. You're, it's another fucking branch of the market. Yeah. You're in. It's free. Marketing. Do it. Love it. Don't sit on it. Do it. Don't do be it. a lizard. Even though Jim Morrison said, I am the Lizard King, I can do anything, don't be a fucking reptile. 100%.
I love it. Gentlemen, let's end the show. Let's get back to work. Let's do this. Let's do it. Hope you guys have a good working week ahead, and we'll see you in the next episode. See you guys later. Peace out.